You're listening to Market Scale Building Management. I'm your host, Sean Heath, and today I have an opportunity to have a conversation with Eric Crabb, the Executive Vice President for QSI Facilities. Eric, how are you today? I'm great. How about yourself? I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. Would you do me a favor and lay out the the history of how Eric Crabb wound up at QSI Facilities? Well, I think like most everyone in uh, facilities, no one intended to be in facilities when they were uh, growing up or even probably in college. But um, I, uh, through several summer internships and and, uh, and a couple of interview processes, ended up starting my career at ABM in, in uh, late 2002. And uh, they are a largest or they are the largest uh, facility services company in North America. And at the time, I started working in the security division and, and over uh, a career of 12 years there, uh, morphed into the facilities and janitorial space as well and learned quite a bit along the way and, and just kind of fell in, in love with the, uh, the process and the journey of helping folks at their, uh, at their facilities understand what's, what's important to them and, and helping them drive more efficiency at, the, at uh, whatever product they're producing, whether it's a commercial office space or uh, manufacturing industrial projects. It's, you know, it's, it's at the behest of the facilities team to help facilitate um, that actual uh, end product. So it's something that has seen a major outsource in, uh, in services over the last uh, 10 to 15 years and, and something that I've thoroughly enjoyed in my career so far. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that nobody plans to, to be in facility services. And yet, as you go in through those internships, you really start to realize just how critical it is for these services to run smoothly in order for so many other things that are surrounding it in order to be able to function. It's a critical feature. It, it is, you know, and we, and we deal with a lot of critical environments today. Um, but, but when you think about just the day-to-day running of an office building, it, it's critical to have, you know, the lights on and the the AC working or the heater working and making sure that the your uh, your tenants or your employees have a have a safe and comfortable environment to be productive in. So it's 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 a unique space, uh, something that a lot of people don't think about when they walk into a you know an airport or a commercial office building. They, they don't really consider all that goes on behind the scenes to make sure that it's ready and running uh, when they're ready to come to work. You know, another interesting thing that I find is most people when they think about facility services, they think, oh, it's, it's, it's solid. It doesn't change a lot. It's pretty dependable. And, you know, it's a very simple, just set of A, B, C, D. We make those, take care of those things and everything works, but you have to deal with trends and changes both in, in business models, technology. There's an awful lot of irons in the fire that you have to stay on top of as far as trends in the industry. That's right. I mean, it's, you know, technology is becoming a huge impact, not just from the data that we are able to analyze and help customers make better decisions with, but that the data, the speed of that data is, is rapidly changing with IoT and, and sensor-based information that's coming in, you know, at all seconds of the day. So having that information at hand and helping customers make a decision um, from the data is, is really what our business today is focused on. I think that's um, we have a lot of customers come to us to get overwhelmed uh, with just the data, having Excel spreadsheets that show them work order counts does not really help them run their business better. So by focusing on bringing what we call insights to the customer that they can have a strategic path and choose out of three options, as opposed to 
help determining those options is really where I think QSI separates itself from uh, from the pack. But you know, customers, not just facility providers, but customers are being overwhelmed um, in in new technology, new products, uh, you know, sustainability uh, direction with LED lighting and and uh, cleaner chemicals for cleaning their buildings. All those things have an impact on how the business runs from day to day, both from a capex and opex standpoint. But you know. That's the reason why the growth and the outsource of, of the facilities uh, team as a whole and real estate department is, is because of the technologies that are, that are changing and, and the decisions to be made from them. Well, let's talk about that. You mentioned outsourcing. That's, a, that's an emerging trend. That really seems to be the direction that services are moving. Um, tell me a little bit more about how QSI approaches that. I guess you would call it the on-demand solution. Sure. You know, um, my 12 or 13 years at ABM, we really focused on on-site personnel, meaning that we had a physical team that was dedicated to a facility or a group of facilities that was in rather close proximity to each other. USI takes a different approach. Um, it is really focused on uh, multi-site facilities that have a disparate network. So, you know, our average customer is going to have a couple hundred locations spread across a region or the nation. Um, and we touch over 150,000 locations on an annual basis. So, you know, we are focused on delivering, um, I like to call it, you know, the right product for the right, uh, the right need at the right time. Uh, we are billing in incremental hours as opposed to uh, full-time employee salaries. So we are um, the minimum effective dose for a customer. So we focus on uh, the outsourced need, but also delivering the lowest total cost of ownership by really driving efficiency through a, through a really strong platform, delivering multiple trades. Uh, we, we offer 75 plus trades to our client base today, but offering them in a holistic manner allows our customers to manage that multi-site portfolio with one point of contact for that. So we've, we've seen a tremendous uptick uh, in not only uh, the outsourced community in our space, but really in the need and the, the opening up of opportunity that not, hasn't historically been what we would consider on-demand, which is the major core. Uh, some folks in the industry would call them hard services like HVAC, electrical, plumbing, into more of also the recurring services and the scheduled services and also the preventative maintenance services for those clients. So you talk about the services that that you offer and, and sort of the different approach that you take. Is there a, a specific product or maybe a project that you're working on now that you can tell me about without getting either of us in trouble that really sort of clarifies the changes that you see coming in the industry? You know, it's, it's, we take a, a unique approach to our delivery. Um, we are, a, we like to focus on our service delivery or service excellence, truly helping our customers find the right product for their need. Um, and we enable that through technology. So as opposed to trying to uh, only use technology to automate the dispatch delivery follow-up of a technician to the location. We enable that workflow process, which has hundreds of points of contact in any given day to ensuring that we use the right people with the right technical skills to triage incoming work order tickets, making sure that we're reclassifying or reprioritizing the work that's coming in, ensuring that we're not dispatching a, a plumbing a technician for an HVAC issue because the customer asked uh, for a leaky, uh, you know, leaky for a ceiling panel. It's coming from the HVAC, so we need to ensure that the right technician is dispatched at the right time. It's critical that we're focused on 
uh, first time fix. It lowers our customers' overall cost when they think about the facility's repair. When you look at that platform and that ability to have an open architecture to integrate uh, with the other technologies that are in the space today, whether that be IoT or customer platforms, QSI takes a very, a very um, technology agnostic approach because we know that we're not going to be able to create every technology that needs to uh, be put to bear in the new space that's coming tomorrow in the next uh, 12 months, in the next 18, 24 months. But we want to make sure that we have an open architecture that's able to uh, to, to modify and morph and accept uh, the new technologies that are coming out, whether that be voice recognition, voice search, like we've already mentioned IoT, all of these technologies that are coming to bear. It's important that the customer is able to leverage a single platform to, to bring in that information and then help make decisions um, and, and help strategically drive how facilities and real estate is used uh, when thinking about their company's future for the next five and 10 years. So as a thought leader in this industry, and, and as you mentioned, uh, IoT is starting to become very prevalent, asset management, from your position as, a, as a, a thought leader and someone who's sort of looking towards the horizon, what other, I guess, paradigm shifts or serious changes do you see coming with the way the industry handles uh, the challenges that come with day-to-day -day processes? I think that, you, you know, one of the uh, items that, that we haven't really seen yet, and it's starting to percolate in our space, is really good qualified um, labor and technicians at, that have the license degree in, in the uh, technical skills, meaning HVAC, plumbing, electrical, data, low voltage. All these things are going to be critical as we keep facilities up and running uh, for the foreseeable future. And I think as you think through um, the more of the legacy models and putting on-site personnel at many of these facilities, uh, as that labor pool shrinks, you're going to have more of a, um, a, a labor base that's independently working as opposed to wanting to work for a, a, a specific building. I mean, so what we found is a lot of these uh, younger contractors are moving into a space that want to be able to define their own future, want to be able to have their own organization and, and through QSI's ability to leverage that network and, and bring them business and, and help establish them as, as, a, as, as a company or an organization in a market or in a region. We help build those organizations. So I think as you, as you look at the industry as a whole, I think you're going to move away from uh, this, the on-site personnel and really move more into the on-demand space as, as a customer pays for what they need, as opposed to having a, uh, a, a very heavy uh, overhead cost of keeping um, numerous folks employed at a specific location, not dependent upon what they need. And so I think as we think through that for the future, uh, putting together different types of models, whether they be mobile-based, dedicated mobile technicians that are that are looking at a market space or looking at um, uh, you know, a grouping or a region of locations, in addition, coupled with an on-demand, there's a number of different models that I think you'll see how the delivery of services are going to change over the coming years. You know, you mentioned, for example, needing to determine for a customer that has a leak in a panel, is it HVAC, is it, uh, is it plumbing? It seems like you're also going to find a way to utilize IoT as a way to get better real-time data so that you're actually proactive and not reactive. I think that's something you're focusing on too, right? Absolutely. I mean, being able to help 
uh, define demand early and, and triage earlier is going to help us be much more efficient as a as an industry, but also as an organization. So, you know how we're uh, how we're getting that information, whether it be directly from a sensor built into an HVAC unit uh, or an aftermarket sensor put on a paper towel dispenser. That those are things that are going to help drive our organization. They're going to help uh, help define the, the the demand in the industry space. Um, that that alone uh, will change how uh, we look at our business, and it's why we've focused on an open architecture from a platform perspective by being able to um, sync and and connect through all these different protocols and and requirements of different sensor companies that are out there today. There's there is really two. Uh, sides of the uh, the story today. One is uh, the aftermarket addition of sensors to existing equipment that's in, already installed in these facilities today. And then the second piece of this is, and you see this coming with everything from refrigerators to uh, coffee machines today, they have uh, Wi-Fi capable sensors already built into them. So there's going to be a, a, a change in the guard, if you will, over time as these legacy assets get rolled out. But there's Two products that can that can solve the customer's needs today, whether it be aftermarket or new install. All right. So we talk about the expanded skill set and the technical knowledge that's going to really be uh, beneficial to um, technicians in this space moving forward, the ability to multitask. And it feels like those are skills that will actually lead students in college to choose their fields much earlier than you did instead of coming out and being an intern for a few years. Do you feel that this is going to be a skill set, the toolkit that students are going to start building earlier in their college careers? I do. I think it's just, it's a natural progression just through, through, through society as well. I mean, as you are inclined to understand that you're, thermostat now is connected and you can change it uh, from your iPhone on the go. Those things are just inclined in, in the younger generation today. Um, I, I had a benefit of having a, a background in, in computer science entering the industry. And so it became fruitful in, the, in these discussions to understand the technology behind um, that application. But that was, a, that, was a, that was a lucky guess, I think, from my part of, of pursuing that early on. But I think today it's so ingrained in and in the youth and, and the folks that are going to be coming out of college, it's going to be it's going to be par for the course as you think about how uh, facilities and technology is no longer uh, an enable, but but it's going to be truly an integration. And I think it's you know in addition to that, it's going to be part of the landscape as they start to explore any subject. Quite frankly, is going to be how is that integration with technology going to enable the workforce of tomorrow to help solve those problems and. And for us, it's it's you know dealing with the, the two sides of uh, the legacy assets because when you think about facilities, assets can you know be you know the, uh, the longevity of an asset can be you know, ten to twenty years uh, in some of these facilities. So there there has to be a, a plan to integrate existing assets uh, into that space of, of technology. But in addition to as they're replacing assets, how do they go to the latest and greatest, and, and what assets going to help be helping? deliver data to them tomorrow. All right. So for the last question today, I want you to tell me without revealing names, I want you to tell me the biggest horror story that you've had in the industry that when you first were notified of it, you just had to sit down and take a breath and go, okay. And then you rolled up your sleeves and you just got right to it. 
Well, I, you know, I would tell you that most folks that are in the uh, in the industry today uh, would tell you they need to write a book because uh, we see it all. And, and it, I would be hard pressed off the cuff to tell you the, the, the most horrific, but there's been many. Um, and there's many that, you know, are from uh, human error, but there's also from many that are from a uh, from a from a mechanical error. But it's, you know, our space is something that's extremely uh, unique. And we, we are in customers facilities every day. Uh, we all if you're in the facilities industry, you travel uh, you travel uh, constantly because of uh, the fact that you're delivering a service or a product that's at your customer's location. So as, as you can imagine, I've seen it all uh, in in just you know what I would call halfway through my career and being at the facilities uh, level and in many dark crevices of of some of the most awesome uh, infrastructure that you've seen across the U.S. But but it is a it's a it's an enjoyable uh, career and it's something that really allows you to see many different uh, areas of the of the continent, but also really some unique abilities for our customers to deliver product uh, on a grand scale. Well, I hope that question doesn't cause you to have nightmares tonight. And I apologize if I brought up um, a particularly painful episode <laughs> today. I've had the opportunity to have a conversation with Eric Crab. Eric is, of course, the executive vice president for QSI facilities. Eric, thanks so much for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, go to marketscale.com slash industries. And if you have a chance, subscribe to the MarketScale publications for the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries.